What's up? Top, 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 go, my man. That's the Southwest Philly, Florida, man. Shout out to my cousin Burn. Shout out to my mom. Be away, all y'all, man. We out here, Southwest. The Southwest Philly, Florida. Colony fans, welcome to another episode of the Gold Standard, episode 67. We are joined once again by Tom Gola 2.0, um, a.k.a. Nick Pantera. Nick, thanks for joining us again. What's up, Nick? Hey. What's up? Thanks for having me. Yep. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for, you know, joining us again, giving us some time. You know, we thought it was, you know, we thought we should bring you back since Last time when we did the predictions, we were, you know, pretty good. I think we predicted the non-con of nine and four. And right now they're at nine and three. We're recording this before the Howard game. So I thought we did a pretty good job. I was listening to that last night and we were saying like, oh, that's their ceiling. We're delusional, but I guess we're not that delusional if we're, uh, you know, we're, our prediction's not bad, maybe a game off or so. But, um, you know, with that being said, um, what are your thoughts about, you know, the non-conference schedule on, you know, on the high level? Um, you know, how do you think they did? What are some of the highlights so far um, of the season? To start with a non-conference schedule, um, I still think we were delusional. I, I won't back <laughs> off that. I think the biggest thing that stands out, right, is they're so good in crunch time. They've just been so level-headed in terms of making good decisions, taking good shots. Playing defense when they need to. Um, I think we all want a little bit better defensive effort. Um, but overall, you know, winning close games against Loyal, what, Maryland? Mm-hmm. Um, and um, oh my goodness, blanket, blanket on me. Um, Penn? And Penn, correct. Um, you know, winning those games in crunch time are detrimental to what, how their season's going to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and it builds confidence. So yeah. that's all I really got on a non-conference schedule. I don't want to beat it up too much. I, I'm gonna kind of zig while you, you're zagging here. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, when I see these these games, they're against some pretty poor opponents. When when they win, right? Like uh, some of these games, I'm like, I feel like Penn was pretty good, but but where where's that win that says this team can like shock the world? Like I, I haven't seen that yet. You know what I mean? That yep. triple overtime Temple loss just kills me every day. Every day, I, I swear, I think about it every day because we were better <laughs> than Temple that day. What 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 makes me mad is we weren't that good against Loyola Maryland, right? Like we were pretty bad against them. Yep. Yeah, and 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 we didn't. I feel like we didn't really deserve to win that one. Um, to, to your point, crunch time, right? They they came in, they 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 made clutch decisions and got the job done. But then when I take a you know look back, I'm like is this team going to make noise? Is this team like, yes, they're, they can compete in the A-10. We learned that. But are they going to make, are they going to go do, do like one more, right? Are they going to be like one, one step further here? Like they're beating the teams they should beat, right? Except for Temple. And, and that's really it, right? Like that, it, that's kind of my summary. Mm-hmm. Um, Not to put like a, a damper on it, but, what have they done aside from 
beat teams they should have beat and then lost to a Temple team that they should have beat. I mean, I mean, that's fair, but what were your expectations? I feel like you have to be pleased. I mean, you're right. You're right. They won the games they should have won um, on paper. It wasn't always that easy. You know, the Loyola game was really difficult. I feel like the Bucknell game was a little chippy before they kind of um, yeah. took it away. But I feel like there is a lot of takeaways. I mean, that three overtime, that game against Temple, obviously not the, um, you know, result we wanted, but, you know, the fight in that game, you know, Brigus's record, you know, the Brantley shot, the Maria yeah. heroics. Like, there's been a lot to be pleased about. And then again, like, it's not the competition level. Um, I mean, you know, maybe if they win one of those, Miami, either Miami or Temple, maybe you're thinking a little differently. Yeah. Um, uh, like, but no, I mean, I see where you're coming from. Yeah. The, like, unbelievable season so far. Like, mm-hmm. the, the Temple game, but... the buzzer beater, right? Like, mm-hmm. very memorable. Yeah, like, is that game? Or is, I guess you think they're better than Penn. But that was, I mean, that was unbelievable. Yeah. It, it's still a, a very, very memorable, positive season so far. Like, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to peel back a little bit, right? Like, there's articles written right now. Like, you know, they're <laughs> exceeding expectations. Mm-hmm. And... You know, they're on the rise, says John Rothstein per mm-hmm. FanDuel, whatever. That like there's a lot of positive press right now, but I'm just gonna be like devil's advocate and say like some of these teams aren't that good that they've beaten. Yeah. Um, they got wrecked by Duke. They kind of kept it kept it close against Miami. I would consider mm-hmm. that like mm-hmm. a nice little boost there. But the rest of the season, yeah, no, it's fair. It, it's it, it's great to just look at that number, that nine and three start, right? It's just I love mm-hmm. looking at that record. When you look at each game, all of them have been in Philly, right? All of them, like most of them have been in Philly, not all of them, but most of them have, have been local. Okay. The furthest they went is Easton PA, aside from yeah. aside from going to Duke and Miami. Um, so they have the comfort of, of being nearby and they got the job done when they, when they needed to. So I'm just kind of thinking like that. that's it. That's it. Yeah. You got to take away the heroics. The heroics were awesome. Like I, I'm just trying to think past that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, that's fair. I mean, they're 7-0 at home. They won the game at the Wells Fargo Center, and they won the game at Easton. And I guess, like, also, if you're writing a uh, tournament resume for LaSalle, their best wins are Drexel and Penn. Like, that's not going to get you anywhere. Right. So, I mean, not like, yeah, I mean, that's not. it's not. It's not going to yeah. get you anywhere. That's how I would summarize it. I, yeah. Like, the positivity is awesome. Like, this is really fun to be a part of, What like, to watch these games day in and day out. Like, it's been so fun to watch. But I just have to take a step back and like pump the brakes a little bit. No, yeah, Dennis, that's... you're completely you're completely on the mark, right? Their non-conference schedule, I think, is right around 300. Whether they're a little bit over, a little bit under, um, it hasn't been a good non-conference schedule outside of playing obviously Duke, Miami. Um, yeah, Temple stinks. And I, I still go back to a couple of those games. So right, as you guys know, the net, Kempom, they all work in terms of margin of victory. That Bucknell game, they should have won by 26 points, or if mm-hmm. not more, mm-hmm. up outside of those, you know, couple of technicals that I, I had no idea what was going yeah. on at the end yeah, of that, that game. Was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But there were those games that they really should have won by more. Copen State, they really should have won more. And it's important. You obviously need the result of the victory. But, you know, you look at a team like UMass right now. They played a pretty horrendous schedule. <laughs> They're top 100 in Kempom right now. Why? Because they beat – Albany by 40 points. They beat this team by 40 points. They didn't play a single top 100 team, and neither mm-hmm. have we. 
their best game is against Georgia Tech, just like ours is probably against Drexel, who are pretty much comparable in Kempom. Um, Drexel is probably our best win. Um, we'll see how they kind of turn out. But, Dennis, you're hitting the mark, right? We have to see what they're going to do against a real competition, which is in the A-10. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so far, what would you say are some of the, I guess we can go, you know, strengths and weaknesses? Um, Nick, you want to start? Yeah, just yep. both of them. Like, what, what are they good at? And then what do they kind of need to improve at? Uh, I feel like that's kind of obvious, but, um, you know, for A-10 play. Um, Duffy hit the mark in the offseason. He knew what the problems were going to be. Um, but starting with their strength, right? We had a feeling, knowing Duffy's record, that he was going to get these turnovers under control. They're top 30 in the nation in terms of whether it's limiting turnovers or assist to turnover ratios. So, and that also starts with Brickus and Bradley being basically two PGs that are playing um, 35 plus minutes. But huge improvement there. We kind of knew that was, I think we talked about this before. We knew it was going to happen, and it's better than I expected. Um, in terms of their weaknesses, I think we all kind of know where there's lies really with the interior defense, rim protection. Yeah. They're undersized, um, and they need to get creative of what they're going to do um, in terms of that. You know, it was very interesting. I watched that Miami game twice, really wow. the second half twice, because it was curious how they played at the end because Tundi, Tunde, however we say his name, yeah. stepped in the last few minutes, and they just completely changed the way they were kind of playing. They were playing a lot more up-tempo. They were trying to um, press a little bit more, which I would love them to do more. I think they should do it more. We can talk about it later. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's their weakness, and they just need to figure out what they're going to do in terms of forcing turnovers, you know, forget the rebounds. It's never going to happen. We're, they're never going to be a top, you know, top rebounding team. As long as they're okay or just a little bit under average, they'll be okay as long as they can do something with forcing turnovers, something with their defense, and just, you know, forcing teams to take bad shots. Yeah. You're, you're spot on there. I, I'll talk about the players individually. Like, well, the ones that stick out to me. All right. Anwar Gill. Like the fit, the fouls are just, I know it's, it's, it's bothering him too. like getting in foul trouble so soon. We need him to play 30 plus minutes a game. I, I would say in most nights, right? Like he, he provides that spark on offense and he's pretty good at defense, but he's not fouling. Um, then I, I think about the bench Marrero. I think he could be our Nickelberry, right? I, I, I see it like he has the moxie and then not to mention Tunde who's playing like a junior or senior for his freshman year, right? He hit, he has so much confidence. The two of them are going to provide that spark. I think from a, from three point range, um, a la like Nickelberry six, a 10, six man of the year style, hopefully. Um, that's what they've proven so far is that they can shoot. They're, they're just green light all the time. Come in, make some threes. Um, the, aside from that, like we, everybody seems to have had their game, their moment, right? I'm just waiting on Rokas to have his moment, right? Like that's what I want to see next. I every I honestly just go down the roster. Everybody's had their like big game that that literally is the reason they won. Um, yeah. And I, I think Rokas is next up. So that's my like that's kind of rounding out my roster right there, right? I, I don't even need to worry about Brantley and Brickus. Um, although it was a little concerning that Loyola was like all over them. Um, that tape will be circulated amongst A10 schools, right? Like how to get after Brickus and Brantley because Loyola figured it out. 
and that was a little scary to me but other than that game um the, the killer bees i'm okay with like i don't even need to really worry about them too much and um the guys i mentioned just now are the ones that kind of we learned something about right like we learned or at least we kind of were right about them if if if, if anything so that's kind of my my like takeaways yeah i mean i agree with both the, what you guys said um, I guess it's also important for them to shoot pretty well, you know, at the foul line, um, you know, as well as I'm curious, they're so heavily dependent on the seven guys. I'm curious if someone kind of comes out of nowhere that hasn't played yet. So I feel like sometimes that happens or is Zan going to get more minutes? Cause I feel like it's strictly a seven round rotation and an a 10 play. I mean, they're, I, mean, I think they're in pretty good shape. Most of the players, but I'm curious about, you know, the depth, and, you know, obviously, you know, what you said, Nick, about the rebounding. I mean, they got to really, you know, box out on you know, offensive boards. I feel like that kind of killed them against Miami. Um, Yeah, and I mean, I would love to see Rokas, you know, step up, Um, you know, in conference play. Because if they're going to make noise, they really need, you know, contribution from him. And then also, like you were saying about Gil, they need him to, you know, stay out of foul trouble because if they can have those three guards, you know, play 30, 35 minutes a night, you know, they're going to have a good shot. Now it's, um, it's interesting you bring up depth because um, our boy, Doc G, Doc G talked about before, you know, on, I think it was three bid league mm-hmm. podcast. Mm-hmm. And he says in the A 10 depth overrated. And I couldn't agree more. Because a lot of these teams, unless you're really St. Joe's, Dayton, they're not going to go eight, nine, ten players deep. I mm-hmm. think UMass does a little bit, but mm-hmm. just because they got a lot of new rotational players. Um, but a lot of times, those top seven, eight guys are playing 95% of the minutes. We'll be like probably Ryan Zane to step up or somebody else. Yeah, that, that's or, what I'm more big. That's, that's what I mean. If Zan or... I don't know if who play. I don't know. Not like our I boy Mercandino. Yeah, or I mean, he's like a. I don't know. I feel like I'm, he's going to play a better big guy, Fa or Milos. Somehow they get mixed in. Mercandino was our guy. Remember when we first yeah, potted together? I I was full. I thought he was going to play, and I yeah. I want to see him play. I was surprised I to see him play. Yeah, yeah. Kudos to. Uh, this team playing 30 plus minutes, like most of these guys, th- their goal is to play at least 30 minutes a game. Kudos to the trainers. If if you're a athletics department in any sport, look no further than Atlantic 10 athletic trainers. Cause if G's, if G's right about that, I do agree that, you know, a deep bench is overrated in the A-10 and, and therefore those trainers have to keep these guys a hundred percent through the, the, the tough conference schedule. So if you need a, a nice, like, I feel like those are like the best trainers in college basketball, the way that this league is built and the way these teams have such, you know, shallow benches. So yeah, kudos to our, our training staff for sure. Right. The triple OT loss yep. and then bounce back buzzer beater against Penn. Right. That uh, it's a, it takes a, a village. It takes a team. And, and those trainers are definitely worth acknowledging in the conference. Yeah. 100%. So, Nick, I feel like you've probably watched more A-10 than us um, so far in the non-conference. So where, how would you stack LaSalle right now um, against the other A-10 teams? Um, Yeah, and who do you, yeah, like who, who 
who do you have at the top? Who do you have in the middle? Who do you have at the bottom? And where uh, yeah, where do you think LaSalle stacks up? All right. In terms of, obviously, as we know, the A10 is much improved over the past couple of years, right? It's it's gonna be a different conference than it was last year. Um so LaSalle would definitely have a challenge. I think right now, one, they're supposed to play, I think, about the fifth toughest conference. But in terms of how it really rounds out, right, Dayton's number one. I, I don't think there's any debate with that. St. Joe's is probably number two with Duquesne shortly following. Same, th- then it becomes – it gets a little bit of a mix where I think for the remaining double buy contenders, I mean, there's two teams left, right? You have some mix of St. Bonaventure or VCU or Mason. Um, so really, it's like Dayton, St. Joe's, Duquesne, and then one of that last spot will really come down to those three. And then there's this other hodgepodge of UMass, Davidson, uh, Richmond, and GW. Mm-hmm. And I think LaSalle is kind of there, but like mm-hmm. they're, if anything, they're like the tier under them. Mm-hmm. I just haven't seen enough to know if, for example, like UMass has looked great, but they're also three and three in Q3 games and five and oh in Q4 games. Like oh. it's great that they're blowing up analytics, but I haven't seen them actually tested. They also lost to a pretty bad Harvard team. Um, it's all going to depend. And Richmond's been, they really, they did very, something very similar to us. They played a little bit of a tougher schedule where they played a bunch of really difficult teams through tournaments on the road, but took care of business. Um, I guess they're not, they're really terrible teams. So they're probably in like upper, I'll call it belt report puts this together perfectly. They're like in the upper pillow fight. They're in like that eight, nine, 10, 11 range. And it's always going to come down to exactly, obviously how many games they win um, Mm -hmm. to make it obvious. I think Mm -hmm. they're better than Rhode Island and Fordham. Both those teams have looked pretty bad. Um, Loyola Chicago is, a different team day in, day in, day out. Um, GW hasn't been challenged at all either. I think they're what 10 and two, mm-hmm. but they also lost to a horrible UIC team. Um, they're probably not horrible, but they're not great. And then Davidson obviously beat Maryland, but they also lost a pretty bad game. I'm trying to remember to who I think East Tennessee okay. state. Um, but they're probably right in that mid-pack again with Davidson, Loyola Chicago, um, Richmond, and GW. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm waiting for I- <laughs> Like the separation. Will there be separation? Or will it be a log jam in the middle of the conference? That's my big question. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's going it, to be interesting because, right, the A-10 is – so much better top to bottom than it's been, but there isn't outside of really date and there isn't a top 50 team. I think um, St. Joe's is in like the sixties or seventies. So is Duquesne. So St. Bonaventure. VCU is right outside that. UMass is also there in net, not really Ken Palm. Um, but hmm. it's just going to depend who like VCU also got two players, basically mm-hmm. Utah State's, players back oh, uh, um he's back from injury and now they have joe bamisil given all the news with two-time transfers not having to sit anymore which is wild um so they should be better but you know on, on paper everyone was picking them as a top three team i guess now they kind of are but 
it, the pieces have to come together for VCU, and they're definitely not going to get an at-large bid. The only people that are, should say people, programs that are at an at-large, I guess, perspective are probably Dayton, St. Joe's, Duquesne, and maybe Mason or St. Bonaventure, depending if they can really win 14, 15 games for St. Bonaventure or George Mason. Um, comparatively speaking, right, last year the A-10 only had – three teams that were Q2 games away. This year they have 10. So there's wow. 10 teams that are Q2 games away. There's four teams that are Q1 games away. Last year there was just one, um, which was Dayton. So wow, there's a lot more opportunities in, in A10 play. Yeah. We're going to see how that's going to go. I'm probably going on a little bit of a ramble here, but. Um, hey, man, I don't know as get, much as you do. <laughs> on the A10 world. Yeah, you're yeah, A10 Toronto. Um but right thinking about the conference as a whole how many bids is it going to get? Seem I think John Roth put it together pretty much I shouldn't say perfectly but in a different aspect. The A10's best chance of getting more than two te- teams in or two teams in is Dayton getting an at large bid and losing the tournament. I think there's a lot more that can happen in terms of getting three. You know, this is the best season for the A-10, I think, in terms of being the eighth-best conference since 2015-2016. That year, they got three teams in with, I can't remember who just missed the uh, bubble. It won't get four, but there is a good chance. I shouldn't say good chance, but a decent chance that there could be three if some combination of Duquesne or St. Joe's or even um, Mason runs away with the conference of winning 14 games. I'll say this. I don't think St. Joe's is going to do it. I don't think they play consistently enough no. to win, win even 12-plus games. I think they're going to win. They're going to beat Dayton, and then they're going to lose to Rhode Island. Um, Duquesne's probably the best shot, one, because they already have a good win. But we'll see how it plays out. And the good thing is, speaking on LaSalle, they play Dayton, St. Joe's, St. Bonaventure, VCU, UMass, and Mason all at home. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they play St. Joe's twice and UMass twice as well, but they're going to play the top teams at home. That's huge. Yeah, that's that's a great point, right? We we love being at home. I feel like we ruined Dayton's night that one time was it two years ago. Um, weren't they ranked? Or at least they had a chance to be considered. They were on the bubble, I think. We just ruined them. And I think that'll happen. That could totally happen again. Um, what was the ranking system that had like five – was it last week there was five teams in the A-10 just bunched together? It was like one after another, after another, after another. Was that Ken Palm? It was crazy. I forget which schools were in there. But it was literally all this. They just were like, all right, let's put all the A-10 schools right here. And they just put like five of them. Five of yeah, them it was together. one of those other other ranking sites. I can't remember what it was. Harlem or <laughs> oh, whatever okay. it was. Um, I think it was ESPN ranking. Oh, all right. But they, yeah, they threw them all one after the other. <laughs> yeah. I, I love that home advantage. Um, yeah, yeah. Final year of the Gola. A lot of emotion. <laughs> At least for me. Um, what do you but- think has to be, like, what do you think is LaSalle's ceiling in terms of, like, what number they can finish and the A-10 and what, what do you think their floor is, Nick? Their floor is going to be low um, because their, their conference schedule is tough, right? They play the fifth best schedule. One, partly that has to do with playing St. Joe's and UMass twice. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But luckily, they play again. They play all these teams at home. They're at the top of the conference. Mm-hmm. What it's really going to come down to is they're going to have to steal some of those games. I'm looking at that Mason game. I'll say this: this is a bold take. Uh, this is a hot take. If they win Howard game and the Mason game, they're going to win nine games in the A10. Oh, okay, I, I feel like that's not that. I feel like that's, I feel like that's not. I mean, I guess that's bold. I feel like I'm predicting. I, I know we predicted nine and nine, but so you're so you. Okay. No, that's fair. That's fair. I I see. I think their ceiling is a little bit low because I think they can get crushed by St. Joe's. I think they can get crushed by St. Bonaventure. R- Richmond will be a problem. Um. So best case scenario, you think nine and nine? That's your best case, really? I think ten and eight is probably my best case. That's, okay. And I think that's even pushing it. Like stealing a win at home against. I just St. Joe's. Um. I just think it's going to come down to. It's going to come down to those last few minutes. They're going to be in games where it's going to be 65-65. There's three minutes left, and they're playing UMass and or whoever, and they're going to have to win. And they're not going to they're, – and part of that, they do have a good situation where they don't commit a lot of turnovers, and they hit their free throws relatively at a good clip. If they do that, they'll win some of those games. Yeah. Um, that's what it's really going to come down to. They're either going to – I feel like it's going to go one way or the other. They're either going to finish – Nine, nine, ten, and eight, maybe even better. Or they're going to finish six and twelve because they lose all these games in crunch time. Would you put that their floor? Would you make six and twelve their floor? Probably more like five and thirteen. Probably. Okay, okay, okay. That sounds that sounds like my floor as well. No, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, they're going to be studying our tape. Like I feel like we could become a one-dimensional team pretty easily if they push the right buttons against us. Who's who? Who's the all the A ten? Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Like the formula isn't too difficult. I feel like I feel like it's not crazy, but if we're in goal, anything can happen. I don't know, but good guard play. I feel like it's hard. Like if you have good guard play, that can that can carry you. Yeah. When you know, I feel like we didn't really talk about Shep, but I feel like he's starting to be like consistent, and I feel like it. Then it depends on you know Rokas and. You know the other, you know the bench guys. Yeah, you know if Moreau can keep on hitting threes off the bench, if Tunde can, you know, make a big impact and you know show some of that confidence. Um, I mean, you don't, you never know. But um, what's your ceiling, Rich? I think their ceiling. I mean, this might be crazy. I think their ceiling is like twelve and six. That'd be amazing. Um, yeah, I'll say twelve and six, and maybe the floor is six and twelve. Maybe I'm you know hedging a little bit. I, I think, yeah, I'm going to say it's 12 and 6. If we can get 20 plus wins this season, I will be through the roof. Hang a banner. Yeah. <laughs> you better believe it. I don't even care what happens in the A10 tournament. NIT? Uh, no, uh, <laughs> Their metrics just aren't going to be good enough. That's, that's going to yeah. be the issue for them. Yeah. RPI. Um, My floor, or my ceiling is somewhere in between you two. I don't. So I don't think we, I'm as lofty how, as Rich. You say? How many wins? What's how many wins you're ceiling? So, I'll go like eleven. Eleven, eleven and seven. Yeah. Okay. That's my ceiling, and then five, four or five sounds like my floor. That's well. Fourteen. Okay. Super, super <laughs> wide range here, right? Mm-hmm. Which I guess it makes sense. It makes sense. Th- this team could totally. Like blow it a few times, but Ovega yeah. also win it a few times that we don't don't expect. So, yeah, 
I, I don't know what to think, man. That's what makes this conference so fun. I'm going to yeah. lose to the right, pick yeah, in speaking, the first week. Yeah. All right. Um, speaking of fun, I think we need to do what we did last time where I'm going to name the game. We're going to, I'm going to name the schedule and we're going to say win or loss. So we predicted nine and four non-con and nine and nine um, conference. So we had an 18 and 13 record. So right now they're nine and three. So when we did this, I don't know, November, I had nine and nine. So we can do it again. I feel like I'm looking at it now. And I think the first six games is very, very important. Like, would you agree? If you bracket them, like Mason at UMass, VCU at Joe's Dayton, I think that's oh, the yeah. toughest stretch. And you have five of those six in that first grouping. I think that's the toughest stretch, in my opinion. You're absolutely right. That would be does that kind of favor LaSalle getting these games done, right? Like getting uh know your opponent. Question. Like if if you're halfway through the A10, things have changed. You got right now they're on a break. Um they go in and play these teams. There oh, maybe injuries mean, or uh, weaknesses aren't as you relevant. You play them while they're fresh instead of getting beaten up when you're playing the better teams and like the I I don't know. I guess you can, you know, make an argument either way. You know, would you rather play Dayton late in the season or early in the season? Is kind of what I think but about. Same for and, them too; they're fresher. Yeah. What would you say, Nick? You you agree that the the first six games by those teams that's probably the toughest stretch the beginning six games for LaSalle? I'll say this: I'd rather play Dayton at the end of the season because I feel like they won't be playing for as much. But I like St. Joe's early because I think okay. the pressure will get to them. Interesting. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, there's two very good trains of thought here. Like, you're, there's no wrong answer. I feel like, but, um, so those six games, Rich, we're we're gonna pick win or loss. Oh, I'm going. You guys ready? Yeah. All right. Yep. Uh, so, home versus Mason. I'll say loss. I'm gonna I'll say, say loss. win for vengeance of last year. You say win, Nick? Yeah. Venice? I said loss. Okay. So that's a loss. Uh, at Fordham, I'll say win. Win. Win, unless we go, Rich. You want to go that trip? <laughs> I don't know. Our, bet, our, cha- our luck might change 2024. That'd be great. Um, That's my resolution. <laughs> at UMass, I'll say win. Loss. Win. Uh, home VCU, I'll say loss. Loss. Also loss. Okay. So two and two so far. At Joe's, I'll say loss. Loss. What you got? Win. But, okay. So that's a that. loss. Yeah. Um, Dayton, I'll say loss. Loss. You're summarizing us, right? Like you're doing best yeah, of three. Yeah. 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 So even what if I got? say win or loss, if it's. Yeah, but I'm keeping tally of, I'm pretty sure I was like perfect, like in the non con. Wow. Wow. You could win the pick em. Yeah. Um, who. <laughs> Dayton, what do you have for Dayton? Um, loss. Okay. All right. So, so right now they're two and four. Um, at GW. Loss. Win. Right. I'll say win also. Um, at URI, I'll say win. Win. I they gotta win this one. I'm so pissed off about that last year's. All right. That's true. Uh, Joe's. That? Yeah, I'll say loss. Home Joe's. Win. Win. Okay. Okay. 
Damn, oh, sweeping St. Joe's, Dennis. <laughs> <laughs> I want to uh, beat them. Um, home St. Louis. I'll say when? win. I'll just say loss, just like a clunker. But okay, doesn't matter. At Richmond, I'll say win. Loss. Loss as well. Okay. At Davidson, loss. Win. Okay. Win. Wow. Oh, wow. Okay. Home UMass, I'll say win. Loss. I'm also going to say loss. Okay. Home Bonaventure, I'll say loss. I'll say win. Okay. Um, I'll say win as well. Okay. At URI. Oh, wait. I guess the other one wasn't. Shoot. They're playing shoot, both. I, it's a, shoot, yeah. There's Rhode Island shoot. playing twice. Damn it. I wrote it. I, I don't know why I wrote both that. I think, I think, shoot, I'm not sure which one. Rhode Island again. Sorry. Loss. I'll, loss. I'll say win. Um, Win. Okay. At Duquesne, I'll say the loss. 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 Home GW, I'll say win. I'll say win. I'll say loss. Okay. And then at Loy- at Loyola, loss. I'll say win. loss too. Okay. Drum roll, please. <laughs> you guys are all doing the A10 pick'em. I know I've mentioned it twice, but I think I'll do it this year. Yep. Shout out to SBU Unfurled. If you don't follow him already, you should. Yeah. He's, he's so, leading the A10 pick'em. So drum roll. Drum roll. Uh, we, have, we have ten and eight. Okay. So so that's that Nick's would... ceiling. Yeah. Yeah. All right. There you go. So, ten and a half is my ceiling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they're ten and eight. So if they beat Howard, they would get the twenty wins, the twenty the twenty wins in the regular season. Um and they can still do that. We have them going two and four in that first six games. That's so totally that feasible. Right? They'd be going what? Eight and six, or tell you the math right. If everyone stays healthy, four. no, they do. They'd be eight and four in that next twelve games. Yeah, start two and four, then go eight and four. It could totally happen. It could totally happen. You think so? I mean, that first. Right. I feel like that first four game, or the first six games, is very tough. Yeah, it'll get them prepared. It'll it'll make them better, regardless of if they yeah. win or lose. I'm more looking at the double the double headers. Rich, what did we have for St. Joe's, UMass, and GW head to head? All right. To put you on the spot. No, yeah. All right. UMass. Those are important. All right. Uh, I have it written down. They're they're gonna be the, the difference maker. I feel like it's so so hard to do. We did beat St. Joe's what three yeah, times in the season? Five, five and three. They're they're gonna win one of those St. Joe's games. I'm hope so. Even though it's an awful matchup, but yeah. Yeah. I don't trust Billy Lang at all. So, me neither. <laughs> nice job on the Big Five win, but 
I'm still out. (laughs) It's six and two. Because I have us splitting UMass and splitting Joe's and then sweeping URI and GW. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. Sorry. That'd be great. No, you're good. That would be huge. Yeah, yeah. So, in summary, after going down game by game, W's and L's, we have LaSalle 10 and 8. And hopefully, if they win at Howard, both they'll be 10 and 3. So, that'd be 20 and 11. I mean, that'd be a very good season. Um, none of us, I mean, I guess we were kind of like, so we we're delusional before, but we'd be very, very pleased by that. Um, and then I guess, you know, we'd see where they rank, um, going into the A-10 tournament and you never know what, what can happen. You know, I got that, you know, um, you know, last year, the Gola, sorry for stealing your, uh, little bit of your luster there. Um, but you never know what's going to happen. But yeah. um, I like what's going on so far. I guess, you know, what I was saying, I guess in order to, you know, get that 10 wins, the guard play has to be has to be very, very good. They need to limit the turnovers. I feel like they have to be <laughs> like those guys cannot get into foul trouble, the three guards. And I think the like Rokas really needs to step up. And I feel like, you know, they can't turn the ball over and they need to shoot well in the free throw line. Like they need, you know, the basic kind of fundamental things. Yeah. Um, And there's not a lot of margin for error. Like they need to, I mean, compared to other teams who are more talented. Yeah. There is a world where, like Nick said, we don't have Rokas in and Tunde's in and and they yeah. make noise that way. Like mm-hmm. that has worked against the press is nice. So it's a very possible alternative. And Dunphy mm-hmm. has figured that out. And I, th- I think. You you nail I mean you nail obviously all the other points here, but there's a degree of like luck and or maybe not mm-hmm. luck, but just like putting yeah. yourself in a position to be more lucky. I mean, listen, I was up there in luck rankings in Kenpon. They were like exactly. four, and now I was thirteen, and they dropped. They were up like in were four. I think they were two at one point. Maybe we we were one of the quote unquote luckiest teams, mm-hmm. but I think it's it's a credit to the guards for putting us in those close position, like those positions where we we could s- sneak a win right when we had no business winning or like. You know, and it's in a world where we were supposed to lose to Miami by 25 or whatever. We actually made a run and went on a run and got close. It's all it's all because of the guards. So you can quantify it however you want. But there's like intangibles here. There's intangibles. You mentioned Gola, right? Like in that arena, things happen in the A-10 that people don't understand. Like why does a team that has, you know, is ranked or is a team that's like supposed to be the darlings of the conference walk into this arena and lose like it's just it's just the goal of magic so like that's a big piece of this for sure yeah, and the pixie I, dust is running out so you know there's only so much pixie dust left exactly exactly <laughs> <laughs> nick how do we get to 10 wins i, I think we kind of talked about it a little bit but do you have any more thoughts on that no i think you guys touched on a number of them right we need more out of rogus mm-hmm. I, I know some people have given up on him but i'm not ready to yet but Dennis, to your point earlier, being one-dimensional, if if they can learn a rotation between having Tunde at the five and Rokas, they can give themselves a little bit more complexity. And I really think, you know, Dunphy talked about it all offseason, that the guards had to keep the players in front of them. Any opposing guard had to stay in front of them. It hasn't really worked well. They're getting lost on screens quite a bit. I'm hoping that's a fixable problem, right? Mm-hmm. But they need to press more. I think they're going to... 
they're well better serve the press and maybe push the tempo a little bit more. That's going to help them defensively. They're never going to, we're never going to out rebound the team. We're never going to beat you up on the boards. Um, no. And obviously doing what a lot of the things are, you know, both you said, taking care of the ball, taking good shots. They can do everything they need to offensively. It's just getting a little bit more out of their defense. And I think part of that, don't if you're listening, press more. <laughs> um, just press more. I I think it's just going to serve them way better. They're, maybe you guys have noticed it, but one, they have one of the worst non-forced turnover records, meaning that teams are taking care of the ball against them without being forced. But they have, hmm. they're deflecting passes left and right. That they're so close to getting steals. Yeah. Brantley's not putting up the number of steal numbers he has in the past. Either is Gill. I think that yeah. hopefully levels out. Mm-hmm. And I think part of that's going to be pressing. If you do that, you can get to that ceiling. Your defense improves a little bit. You play as well as you have been, maybe even a little bit better mm-hmm. offensively. Part of that might come from Moraro and Tunde. But that's my spiel on that. Yeah, I, I just think, yeah, Gil, I feel like he's very, like, I feel like he's usually pretty good at getting steals. Sometimes he'll over-pursue for the ball, but I feel like, I don't know, I guess those last three games or whatever are just so in my head for him not, you know, playing in the teens and minutes or not even. So I feel like if he's not in the game, they're not, like, I feel like he's their biggest threat of stealing the ball because he's, you know, very aggressive Absolutely. to a fault while he's getting foul trouble. Yeah, um, you're right. I just think he's just so essential. And, um, you know, Dumphy probably thought that when he brought him to, you know, Brooklyn as, you know, as the guy representing LaSalle early in the season. Um, he started off well and he just got killed himself. Like it's, it's been tough when he's gotten in foul trouble because he's so essential. You know, having another guard like that out with Brickus and Brantley, if, if he can kind of turn it around and, you know, be that guy he was early in the season. You know, he was great against Duke and kind of show that. I mean, that would just be, you know, great. And, you know, someone we really need to, um, you know, help us out in a template. Yep. Spot on. Spot on. Um. Yeah, I mean, I know we were saying this on the when we had it on earlier. And talking about accolades um, for all conference guys. And you were saying, I, I mean, I agree with you. It all depends on where they finish because it usually depends on where they finish. But if there's one guy, I guess the consensus would be it would probably be Brantley and second team, depending on where he finish. Uh, be honest, it's probably Brickus. Yeah. Okay. What about Br- yeah. like? Is it a coin it's toss? It's close. It's very close. Feels like a coin toss. I think Brickus is like up. I think he's number one in assist in a ten. They're like tied for it. Last time I checked. <laughs> I looked it up earlier. Brickus is currently the 13th best player in the A10 right now, um, okay. which is, is crazy to me. Um, What's Br- Brantley? Brantley was, I like think, 60. 21st. Really? Yes. Haters. Wow. wow. He's much. What is that based that. on? Like some metrics? Yeah, like uh, via Torvik. It basically okay. just summarizes all their efficiency ratings, steals, blocks, assists, you know, etc. Of course, just Corvick. Okay, jeez. <laughs> interesting. But yeah, you're right. Um, it all depends where they finish. Brickus mm-hmm. is right there. It something I never thought would be said that Brickus might be one of the most improved players in the A10. He's right there amongst oh. a slew of others, which is surprising because I thought he hit his ceiling his sophomore year. Um, yeah, I think part of that goes to playing more, but 
he's shooting an insane clip. He's very, he's yeah, right now. Yeah. Um, and he's just so good with taking care of the ball that mm-hmm. he's definitely going to be in the conversation for a second, third team player. Um, but again, it's going to fin- matter where they finish. Yeah. And I feel like we're in agreement. I feel like you're always talking about on Twitter that he needs to be more aggressive shooting the ball because he's like so efficient. Because some of these games he's not, you know, shooting as much. I could they could have used some of that. So hopefully he continues to take more shots. Like I I think after the I want to say Loyola game, it must have been preached in the huddle because at Lafayette, you know, he was bombing away. I think he took like eight, eight th- or eight threes, and he made four of them. I think there was definitely um because I think they took a ton of threes in that game. I think there was – he must have – Dumpy must have told him, you know, shoot, shoot, shoot. Yeah, 100%. We're going to win if we hit threes. That, that's no secret. But, like, Brickus is, is one of our best three-point shooters. So yeah, and Marrero, too. Like, they're very – like, they definitely got to be both in the 40s, right? At From three, maybe, like, 45-plus. I want to say. That sounds right. right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean – Keep firing, fellas. Yeah, Brickus is shoot 43%. Okay. So you get a little bit more out of Shepard shooting a little bit more consistently. And I think he's he better. has been mm-hmm. over the past three or mm-hmm. four games. I talked about this with someone else. If he does that, it That's totally huge. changes their offense. Mm-hmm. And absolutely. If he can shoot consistently and then you get more from Tunde, mm-hmm. they're going to be fine offensively. I think they're going to only improve. Um, it's just a matter of what they're going to do defensively. And hopefully they don't get crushed whether it's committing fouls or with with their interior defense in general. Yeah. yeah. Um yeah, like any if there's a guy who's going to make an all-conference team, who would you think it's, it would be? Nick. Uh Rick is just a slight edge right now, but I wouldn't be surprised if Brantley just turned it on. Yeah. And edges it out. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I think I would go Brantley. How about you, Dennis? Oh, did you say Brickus, Nick? Yeah, yeah, I, I agree Brickus. with. I think it's Brickus. Brickus. Yeah, okay. he gets people. He gets more assists. Uh, that's what you thought. I mean, he he's he was top five or whatever. I I think he's he's pretty pretty good at getting mm-hmm. the assists. I I think he's more consistent in that department. So that's why I would go. Brickus. You're not going to go Marrero for uh, six men of the year. Like you're preaching <laughs> just, for like every episode for it, for the media vote. What, what, three bid league pod does a media vote, and I think I would put Marrero in just for for fun. No Even if, what it's already penciled in, already yeah, put it in pen. Absolutely, you can already vote it in. Tell three bid. I've already voted who my sixth man of the year is. <laughs> <laughs> um, he won't have a bad argument. One no. because he's playing a ton of minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're so, lucky if you're a recruit. And you're watching this LaSalle team. I know. I keep saying this. You say this every episode. Bud Clark. It's like me and hiatus. What's his name? Um, no. Who? Who? Um, the Trenton recruit. He's probably watching. Like, oh, Deuce Jones. Be... Yes, Deuce, not Bud. Deuce. Who's Bud? Uh, he was a local product. I don't know where he went, but I think LaSalle was recruiting him. Um, but yeah, Deuce is Deuce is grinning for sure. He's like, I'm gonna be playing. 30 plus minutes a game. I'm going to be all a 10. I, I got next. <laughs> yeah. Rich, don't, don't they have some accolades? You were talking about accolades. Brickus and Branley, they're reaching some, some celebrations here coming up. Yeah. Jameer Brickus is 33 points away from a thousand. 
Brantley is 119 from 1,000. So hopefully Brickus gets the 33 points probably in a 10 play maybe against, hopefully against Mason or Fordham. And then maybe Brantley will get it, I don't know, against Joe's or Dayton. I don't know. I guess we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Unless he goes for a couple 30 point, 30, 30 plus game, 30 point games early on, but to, you know, Cecile or, you know, get that conference, all conference, you know, um, accolade. Yeah. We'll see. Well, I think that's it for, for this episode. Do you guys agree? Any other last thoughts we have here for the season going forward? I mean, it's going to be a tough conference season. It's going to be a unique one too, I think, but any other thoughts? Um, I asked this question on three bid league. How many, I'll ask this to Nick and I guess I'll answer it myself. How many teams in the A10 do you think will finish with 20 plus wins in the regular season overall? Overall, um, probably six, maybe seven. Okay. I'm going to, I feel like I'm going to go like, I don't know, is that ridiculous to go eight? If we're saying LaSalle. If LaSalle is is getting 10 wins, then yeah, that's not ridiculous. Yeah, it's not. It's just going to depend like what GW and UMass kind of do. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, VCU would have to get 13 because I think they were at seven right now. I don't know if they, they can. You think they're going to they get 12? Or I think because they I think they have another non-con game, from, I think. Yeah, I think they do have one more non-con game. Okay. Um, but they can win 13 games and plus you have the A-10 tournament. So, that's true. That's all saying regular season. I was saying regular season, like pre pre A10 tournament. That might be too much that. Maybe yeah, maybe eight's a little too much then. Probably, but it's your probably it's probably between six and eight, depending what happens in the A10 tournament. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, you'd think Dayton, Joe's, Mason, Duquesne. Duquesne. Um, GW is not as what they have one more non-conference game. So they need to get nine wins then. And we're there and (laughs) Bonaventure and Bonaventure. Okay. Yeah. Bonaventure should. That's that's six. They would just need 12. I think they've what eight, eight wins right now. There's no. The yeah, Mighty Richmond. Yeah, Richmond Davidson. Richmond, probably not. I don't know. They're they're a wild card. Yeah, there's a lot of teams in the hunt. It's crazy. Like it's crazy how um I feel like deep the middle is, like we yep. were saying. It, yeah. It's crazy how deep it is. <laughs> it's it's the mighty A ten conference. That's what they've been saying. It's finally true. It's gonna happen. <laughs> So much for the zero bid league. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Who would have thought? Yeah. No, I like we said, I feel like we're all kind of we're we're not bad at analyzing this stuff, right, guys? I mean, we did a pretty good job with the non conference. Yeah. I don't if, know. I don't wanna I don't wanna I don't wanna jinx us too. too if, soon. if we do I am I am jinxing us right now. Yeah. But if 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 we meet the predictions that we just had in the non conference, then this team could make some noise. And uh we'll see you in Brooklyn. I mean <laughs> They only make some noise if they're at least a seven seed. The only yeah. way. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, so that, that's all I had. Um, yeah. No, I feel so, like we go. I feel like we analyzed the A10 pretty well here, right? I I know that other pods do it too, so we'll probably be listening in, hearing what other people have to say about the conference. Yeah. Um, it's definitely filled with parody. Um, there's going to be some twists and turns along the way, but I feel like we can only do our best. We can only give our guess, our best guess here. So yeah, it is what and it I'm, is. And I'm sure we'll be probably on the higher slate. Like I'm not sure other people are saying, Oh, well, South's going to go 10 and eight in their um, conference. I'm yeah. sure we're, you know, we're showing a little homerism. We're showing a little, you know, blue and gold. Of course. Oh, but, um, you know, that's why you're tuning in. Exactly. Exactly. What are you going to say, Nick? No, I, I was agreeing with you. Yeah. <laughs> One last point from me. Um, I'll get on my soapbox once again. This is the last season you're going to see Tom Gola Arena. It's literally changing names. It's changing looks. If you are an A10 fan looking to be in an intimate setting with your basketball team, this is the season to do it. Because when those seats get rearranged and that court gets switched, I'm sure you'll be close to it. But like, it's going to change. It's not going to feel as intimate. It's not going to feel like that high school gym that we've all come to love. And I, I just think it, it's a great opportunity to come down and see see this team, especially if if you're one of the uh, upper tier A10 schools, right? Like yeah. St. Bonaventure is supposed to have a big yeah. year, maybe, who knows? Like, come on, check it out, the Gola, watch them lose to LaSalle. That's what I would I would recommend. I mean, it's just it's a one of one of a kind experience. Um you gotta see it before it, it changes. So that's my final thought here. If there's no other thoughts here, I guess we'll we'll wrap it up. Mm-hmm. Um, we are skirting past Howard here. We haven't mentioned Howard at all, so I'm a little concerned that this is a trap game from a podcaster's perspective. <laughs> uh, we're not giving them any flowers, any shine at all. So let's hope that that doesn't come back to bite us. Um, Got to beat Howard before we. If they lose to Howard, all this to me just kind of goes you, like yeah, fizzles out in my head. You hit the nail on the head. I, yeah. I it's gonna ch- totally change my perspective. Yeah, Howard. Yeah. Uh, I feel like they're decent, right? They're like uh, better than Loyola like and Bucknell. What are they? Yeah, they're they're better four than most of our teams. Yeah, okay. yeah, they're four and nine, but they played pretty a pretty tough schedule. So I think they're one of the higher Kempom teams we played. I think they were okay. like in the low twos. So All right. they're like Northeastern. I'm gonna imagine. Okay, maybe okay. a little bit. Maybe a little bit worse than that. Ooh, forgot about that. Like that yeah. game wasn't easy. I forgot no. about that one. Yeah. You never know what's going to happen. So no. tune in, check it out, and we'll be there to talk about it. Um, let us know if you're going to a game coming up. Uh, DM us. Also, give us some reviews on on the pod. And uh, let us know if you have any questions. Maybe Rich will do his favorite topic, the mailbag. Maybe we'll do a mailbag episode coming up soon. Um, and uh, we'll hear from you. But um like we said until then it's a great day to be an explorer fight on